podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Today, as we've already said and seen, is Remembrance Sunday. It's a time each year where we come together to remember those that have served or are serving our country, those that have given the ultimate sacrifice that has collectively resulted in our inherited freedom. And this has had me thinking over the past week as we remember, as we reflect, that inheritance isn't something that we work on. Just bear with me a second here. In fact, we have little to do with our inheritance. Rather, those before have done the hard work, made the sacrifice, so that we gain. Now, viewed like this, When you see the ruler ask Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Listen, just turn with me if you've got your Bibles with you. It'll be up on the screen, Luke 18 and verse 18. And he simply says uh, says this. He says, a certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I've got my Bible here in front of me just on a table And he says here, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, when you think about what I've just said, it's quite an odd thing to say, isn't it? Like he could do anything for what is seemingly already his, if his heart is right. Let's read the whole section. Luke chapter 18 and verse 18 through 27. A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honour your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll inherit treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Now, the man in this account is wealthy. This is only relevant to his heart and for Jesus to teach a really important point. You see, the man was considered blessed because of his wealth, because of his position as a ruler, uh, almost favoured by God. 
But Jesus cuts through this. He cuts through this idea. Firstly, he deals with the man's earthly relationships via the commandments. We see that in verse 20. And the man is really confident. As Jesus tells him and asks the question, um, he says, you know the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony and honour your father and mother. As the man hears these things, he's like, come on, I'm winning. Now, naturally, what Jesus is doing is just bringing the man to a point where he realises what his number one is. In his earthly relationships, the man is doing as the word says. And still to this point then, he's really confident, he's pretty sure that he's ticked all the right boxes. He says, verse 21, all these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. Now, when we start to think then about how the man's mind would be working in this moment, Remember, he's asked Jesus, what must I do? What must I do to inherit eternal life? He must be thinking now, surely eternal life is mine. Now, he's made a good choice. Why? Well, because we can see from this account that this ruler has gone to the source. He's gone to the right place to ask this question. He says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He's about to find out, though, the real truth, because in his mind, because of what society was saying, perhaps he was already in the right category. But his inquisitive nature, he wanted to find out and he wanted to be sure. Verse 22, then, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Jesus, remember, isn't interested in the man's wealth, but there is a cultural misconception about it. Jesus is actually concerned with the man's heart. You see, the first commandment, is to love God and you have nothing before him. And then the second commandment is putting first in your life. Don't bow down to any other gods. Don't worship anything else. Do not worship anybody else. But we can see, can't we, that the man's God, the thing that this man worships, is in fact his money. You see, the man's God was indeed his finance. And that is exactly what he worshipped. He got it all wrong. And you can see from verse 23, the word says, when he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. It's a tough position, isn't it? Because now the man who thought he got everything right, who had considered all the boxes, or so he thought, and he was ticking each one of them off. The man has now realised that actually he may not be as clean cut as he thought he was. Perhaps the man believed that he could receive eternal life via good works. Um, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 back up what Jesus says here as Jesus removes the notion that 
good works, being good, is going to achieve eternal life. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that anyone might boast. You see, salvation is a gift of God, not by works so that anyone could boast. So straight away, the man is now thinking, okay, that notion has been removed, even though I've done those things and I seem to have kept those things in order, that's not going to help me get to heaven. Perhaps he thought, well, I've got the finance, so I'll just buy my way into heaven. And when he learns the truth then, that actually the one thing he lacks is putting his money in its rightful position, putting God in his rightful position, now he's starting to realise, well, things aren't what the society around me has been saying. They're not quite the truth. And the same, I guess, for you and me today, is we can be left in the position as this man is in before Jesus, that we have a choice to make. Often when you go into church, you'll hear the gospel message. That's the good news about Jesus Christ. And the same prayerfully is online, that as you listen, as you hear, then you hear the good news about Jesus. And there is good news today, even in the midst of all that's going off across the globe. There is good news that we have a God who loves us, who's given his best for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have a decision to make. You have a choice to make today. His choice today for this man, as we read this word, is his current God. Who is or what is his current God? And we can see, can't we, what his answer is, because the man goes away sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus has said to him, has gone to the heart of the problem and has said, OK, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Remember, the issue isn't with the man's money. The issue is with his heart. And he said, OK, I would do, but I'm quite wealthy, so I'll probably just edge my bets and I'll be OK. He goes away sad because the one thing that he thought that he lacked is still the thing that he can't get hold of because his heart's position is in the wrong place. Now, Jesus' disciples, as we move through this account, well, they're pretty confused because remember, because of the cultural misconceptions, they are wondering, well, if he can't be saved, who can? Verse 26, those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Who can be saved? This guy seems to have everything going for him. Surely God has blessed him because of his power and his authority, because of his wealth. If this isn't the case, then who can be saved? Who can possibly, going back to the man's first question, who can possibly gain this inheritance? Remember, to inherit is to gain or receive that which has been passed on by another. 
Inheritance is to gain or receive that which has been passed on by another. Jesus says this in verse 27. He goes back then to the very first question. Remember, he's dealt with the cultural misconception and now he's gone back to the first thing that the man asked. Verse 27, it says, Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. What is impossible with man is possible for God. It's impossible for us, but God. Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What's impossible for me is possible for God. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for you. God has made a way through Jesus on the cross for us to receive forgiveness and life. We could do nothing to earn it, but God has freely given. Let me say that again. We could do nothing to earn it, but God has freely given. As we've already seen, our heart needs to be right. Our sin then needs to be brought to him. 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin. You see, what's impossible with man is possible with God but my heart has to be in the right place. God has made a way. Today we have the choice. Do we go away sad like the ruler in the passage or do we say sorry for our sin and ask the Lord into our heart? It's a very simple choice isn't it? Do I go away sad today thinking well it, uh, what can I do? Or do we go away knowing then as we ask the Lord into our heart, if we say sorry for our sin, then the eternal life that the man deemed was his to inherit is indeed ours if we do these things. Our prayer is that you will receive the gift of life, a gift that we can quite honestly say that none of us deserve. A gift that none of us could earn, but God has made available to us through Jesus. As a nation, we have an inherited freedom because of those that have given their lives to fight for it. As a world then, we can have freedom and life, life eternal, if we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who indeed has done what needed to be done on the cross so that we could indeed inherit something that we could never gain on our own. That is life. That is freedom. 
but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for its encouragement to us today. And we pray, Lord, that as we sit, as we ponder, as we reflect on all that your word has got to say to us here, that we would realise that you love us enough to have given your best in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the good news, the gospel, the good news about our Saviour. And we pray, Lord, that you would just speak into hearts today, that your Holy Spirit would move and that lives might be changed. We thank you that we have this opportunity online to be able to reach people. And we pray, Lord, that today that people might choose life. We thank you for all that you're doing for us. Just continue to be with us, to strengthen us, to bless us, Lord. And again, we just want to thank all of those that have selflessly given their lives for our freedom. And to, Lord, those that continue to serve. Father, we just thank you and we pray, Lord, that today people might realise that we can have life and life eternal through the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.